This is a warning just to let you know that the following podcast contains details of a graphic operation that hopefully, if you're not too squeamish, you'll be okay. Welcome back to the Longest Battle podcast. This week I'm meeting John Lawson. John is a celebrity chef who now lives back in the UK after surviving a brain tumour. John is here to tell us his incredible story. This is The Longest Battle Podcast. week i'm meeting john lawson hi john thanks so much for coming along thank you you're welcome it's the longest battle wonderful to be here (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so so tell me um about what happened to you well i was um fit as a fiddle as i say as (laughs) they say i've been a chef my whole life working Mm. away as working in top class kitchens in the uk for raymond blanc and then went to America. Wow, Raymond Blanc. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Working for him at Le Manoir Cat Saison in Oxfordshire. And so I did my sort of training with him before that with uh, Westminster Kingsway College in London. Uh-huh. And I wanted to travel, so I went to America. I worked for Gordon Ramsay there. Oh, what was he like to work for? <laughs> <laughs> Stressful. Um, yeah, you know, looking back on it, I learned so much, but it was, um, yeah, kind of like living in New York and working for Gordon was very, very intense three yeah, years yeah. of my life. Yeah. Wonderful, like looking back, the amount of stuff yeah. I learned managerial-wise. Mm. Very, very good guy to work for. But you also learned a lot, did you? Learn a lot, yeah. Mm. I think in my 20s, that was what it was about, it was absorption, like absorbing as much as I can from these, obviously, people that have done it before and at the top of their game. Yeah, amazing. I'd sort of done with New York after three years. It was quite full-on and... I love New York. I went recently, actually. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a buzz, isn't it? It's like such an incredible place to be. And you're working for Gordon Ramsay there? Yeah, I was working in his hotel there. He opened Uh his first hotel outside of the UK, well, first restaurant outside of the UK. Okay. Um, And it was called Gordon Ramsay at the London, and it's still there today. Like, he still owns it. But after uh, yeah, three years, Visa was running out and just decided sort of next thing was, you know, on the horizon. Mm. I decided to come home for a little bit, spend a bit of time with the family. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon called me and said, look, we're opening up in Australia. Okay. Wow. Um, I love Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew they were. Yeah. Because my friend was going out there to be the pastry chef. So I was kind of like thinking hopefully he would ask me. Uh-huh. Because I wasn't doing too much. I was just doing some private chefing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he asked me to go out there. So I went. I went to Melbourne. Okay. And um, Did you always want to be a chef? Is that something that you always wanted to do and you continued on? Has that been your life plan? Yeah, I wanted to be a football player like any young boy <laughs> wanted to be. Yeah. And then I had to get serious. Okay. So, so chefing was the, yeah. the thing for you. Yeah, I think it was that sort of discipline you know, I was always like disciplined well as a child and I like that idea of like kitchens are quite disciplined and like mm-hmm. almost sort of like army lieutenant kind of environment. And I I guess subconsciously it moved me towards that environment. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um not really not really necessarily like enjoying it to start with, but yeah. it was like, Oh, I could do this. Uh-huh. But then the more you do it, the more you become sort of like enthralled and passionate and 
obsessed, I guess, with the the, the industry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of like learning and inspiration thing as you go into work for some of these incredible chefs. Yeah, brilliant. So you were in Australia, so you ended up going to Australia, did you? Yeah, a little bit out of the blue, like telling my family that, like oh, I'm going <laughs> to Australia. Considering, considering, I'd say I was saying to them. You know, three months previously, I'm going to probably stay here. <laughs> what did Leon see? And then you're like... Yeah. So um, I went out there and... How long ago was this? This was uh, 2010, January okay. 2010. I, I can't work that out. How, long, how many years? <laughs> that was nine years ago. <laughs> nine years yeah, ago. Yeah, okay. nine years ago. <laughs> so I um, yeah went out there. We opened up a big hotel, 650 bedrooms. I was the head chef. Oh, wow. And um, two restaurants, a bar and Maze. They've got one here in London, Maze, Maze, Maze Grill. Uh-huh. And uh, it was the biggest thing I've ever done. It Huge. took all of me. It was like so stressful. Day Did you in, get day any out. time off? Um, not really. Like I'd have a day off here and there, but mm. you're working still mentally. Mm. It's lifestyle, isn't it? That's what you choose to do as a chef and those kind of things you want to... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. It's lifestyle. So how long were you working for him in in Australia then? So I was working with him there for just over two years. Okay. Uh, things went a little bit wrong. Uh, management level, it went into liquidation. Okay. So then mm-hmm. the hotel took it over. We came up with a new concept and I worked there with that until they asked me to go and open another restaurant, which would have my name on it. Right. On the riverside Oh, wow. Whereabouts was it? um, In Crown Casino, basically in Melbourne. Yeah. If uh anyone's been to Melbourne, it's right in the sort of heart of South Bank. I've been to that casino. Yeah, it's very... (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, it's an incredible place. (laughs) Yeah. And they said that there was a restaurant in the front, which I knew it quite well. It was called Number 8 Restaurant and Wine Bar. Uh Uh-huh. Been there for like 10 years, quite a, I guess, a a well-known place in the Melbourne dining scene. Yeah. But I'd gone... It had gone downhill a little bit. It's not as good as it used to be through, you know, just deterioration, chefs coming and going. And mm. so they asked me anyway to go in there and bring it back up again. And they were not just that, they were going to put my name on the door. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So That's was, cool. So, yeah, it was basically, we called it Number 8 by John Lawson. Cool. Uh-huh. And um, I came up with the concept of the food. And what was the food that you were doing then? Is it? The food we were doing was very similar to what we do now, well, not similar to what we're doing now, but it was based on locality of produce, okay. um, local suppliers, mm-hmm. and um, just really like being conscious about the choices we're making on when we're when we're buying food mm. and how we're producing it in the kitchen. So similar to what we're doing now, but. Yeah, it was just an incredible opportunity. But not yeah. just this, they were also putting a lot of money into this investment of me being there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they were investing in the future. They wanted to see that Crown Casino is not just this casino that's got loads of money. Like they want to be part of the food scene. Yeah. There's uh-huh. this young chef. Yeah. They want to bring him up. So uh-huh. it was, I was like, wow. Amazing. Great yeah. opportunity for you. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful opportunity, and like I've I've I'm um, so grateful for them giving that to me. Mm. So tell me what happened then. Yeah, so after uh, it was very successful, we we basically had targets that the casino wanted us to uh, achieve, and it was a chef's hat within you know well that was a, a target. We got that within the first year, which is equivalent to a Michelin star in the oh, wow. UK. Okay, and that mm. was like. Very, very exciting for the team and everything yeah. that we're working towards and we, we reached that target. 
uh, financial targets which we were reaching. And I guess it was always quite, um, for me, it was very, very hard because constantly you go into these big corporate briefings and meetings about like numbers and figures and I'm just a chef. Mm. I just want to cook. Happened to have my name on the door <laughs> and now I'm like an exec chef. Wow. And I had to learn a lot of that sort of thing and how to conduct myself in meetings. And uh, I guess I was dealing with it, but subconsciously and like within myself, it was becoming quite stressful. Mm. But um, yeah, so one day we, um, after two years of being there, we uh, had an industry event where we were raising money for charity. And I used to belong to a company called Share Tables. We were having um, an e- an evening where we had you know, a lot of nice food and dinner and um, woke up the next morning and I had a seizure. Right. Had you had a seizure before? or No, no I hadn't had a seizure before, no. So what, had, what did it, how, did, how did it happen? What happened? Well, my girlfriend basically found me at the time in my bed, sort of, you know, this was six, seven o'clock in the morning, fitting, like having like... Um, a grand seizure, they call it, where it's like one of the highest uh, cases of seizures where you're just fitting endlessly and mm. obviously like no one can plan or, um, you know, know how to sort of uh, handle these situations. Yeah. So she called the neighbour and neighbour helped and then called the ambulance and then got rushed to hospital. And, um, yeah, I just remember waking up and just like what's going on, like with all these heart monitors on my chest. Right. Just like... Yeah you know, obviously out of it. And then like I didn't know what was going on, did I? So Yeah. Um, and then they told me and obviously shocked and everyone was shocked what happened. But um, wanted to know obviously straight away what was going on. Mm. So uh, rushed hospital, they rung scans. They found like there's an abnormal growth after a um, CT, CT uh, what do they call it? Scan. Yes, yeah, CT, CT scan. scan. Yeah like cloud on my brain. Right. So there was obviously an abnormal growth there that they, they were looking at. That you didn't know beforehand and it just kind of... No. Mm. Um, and looking back, mm. there were there were um, symptoms, I was guess. There? Yeah. Like dizziness and blackouts. Yeah. I had a couple of blackouts actually beforehand and I never really thought that it was correlated to it. It's like, yeah. No, I think you dismiss it, don't mm. you? Naturally, like, oh, it's all right. You just, yeah. Yeah, like, actually, especially being a chef, mm. working long hours, you're kind of like, oh, I'm just doing too much. I need to take it a bit easier or, yeah. you know, that's what I was thinking. So they needed to do a biopsy. So they biopsied the brain to see what it was and the um, severity of what it was. Mm. Mm. So they went in, did a biopsy, and I woke to um, bleeding on the brain Oh, right. Um, no oh. memory, no speech. I had a stroke while it happened. Oh, so right. they hit, um, it was a vein going in my brain called the venous lake. Like it's a, one of the a main vein or a vein that goes in um, that area of the brain, my left uh, frontal lobe. Yeah. And they, um, basically it was it was a very, very rare thing that could have happened <laughs> that mm. happened to me they hit this vein right and it caused bleeding imagine it's bleeding then there's swelling then that's why i couldn't speak oh, and i had no memory oh goodness so it was horrific for yeah. like it was just for me sitting there like my family were there then they flew over from the uk right. my friends all around the bed yeah and um yeah it was very 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 emotional time like lots of crying going on because i couldn't talk oh my goodness wow <laughs> yeah it's like, and um, 
Was your speech affected then as well? Yeah, it, what long term or like just, just at that then. time? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't speak because I think what it was was well, I don't think it was. It was about recalling words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how your brain works, it sort of recalls words based on like you know you mm. practice and like memory. But yeah. I didn't have that. I couldn't recall words. Yeah. So that area of my brain was basically swelled and mm, mm. Um, because of the bleeding. So tell me about the actual operation that you had at the time. Well, that so that that after that biopsy, essentially, um, it was a two two to three months of rehab, um, and then I had to um, get well mm. and fit for the operation. Oh, okay, That's, you had to get fit before the operation. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. They said like in this state, if you had the operation, like it's no good because you you would suffer like a lot of uh, defects. So you need to be physically, mentally very, very well and mm. healthy. Okay, right. So they basically put me on a program of uh, sort of physical fitness, mental health wow. fitness, yeah, yeah, to get me ready for it. So what? Tell me about the operation. Well, the operation was quite straightforward, actually. Mm. <laughs> like, compared to all of that I went through, um, mm. it was an awake craniotomy where they they basically, you're in the surgery and they put you under um, general anaesthetic, mm-hmm. cut your head open. It's mm. <laughs> no easy way of saying it, really, is there? Yeah. <laughs> cut your head open and then um, then they bring you back round under local anaesthetic. Yeah. So the head, your top of your head or front of my head where it was, left frontal lobe was basically just uh, numbed. So then they can talk to me. Wow. So oh, while my goodness. <laughs> while the surgeon, Kate, was in my head, I had the anaesthetist talking to me about chocolate. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just, <laughs> I thought, really? Is this what you're doing? But... That's how they can then judge whether how you're responding at the time to know. Exactly. Wow. Emma, yeah, exactly. That's incredible. It's yeah, incredible. it's really. Do you have is... flashbacks to that bit? I remember <laughs> it. Like, you yeah, can't. You can remember it. I remember <gasps> it very, very clearly. Wow. It's one of those moments in your life you don't forget. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. But if you do forget it, you're a bit like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite aside from like what I was going through. It's mm. quite an incredible procedure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't ever heard of anyone having that before. I know, I know, have heard people, but I've never met anyone who's had that before. Mm. But it is um, like, yeah, put aside like me being in this myself. But actually, it's, I was quite like, wow. How did you feel at that time when they were in your head? <laughs> well, you don't feel you anything. You don't feel it. Like but you physically just... feel anything. But it is like you are heavily sedated with drugs. Right, yeah. Like, so you do, you only last about 10 minutes. Yeah. So they know obviously that. Talking about chocolate. <laughs> yeah. They were, they have to talk to you about something that you know about. Yeah. That you're easily, <laughs> that you're able to hold a really good conversation because it's very hard for them to tell then if you're hesitating. Yeah. So if you're talking clearly about, I think they're asking me how I make a chocolate fondant. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I was just saying to them, you know, whisk the eggs, yeah. um, you know, put like the, the flour in, blah, 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 and add amazing. the butter. So, yes. That's so amazing, isn't yeah. it? Incredible what modern is. medicine is all about. Yeah. Mm. So that was, um, so that was quite and like, simple recovery i mean it was all like emotionally quite you know there's a lot going on like and your parents were over were they my mum flew back over yeah Mm. but like 
and then that recovery just being at home and I think for me the hardest thing was like I didn't know what was going on like as not know what's going on but um the doubts as far as like how I was going to be long term mm. this was always the problem yeah. that I had it wasn't about what was happening to me yeah then it was about like okay um, is this going to stop me from living my life yeah how's it going to affect you yeah, yeah. Mm. this is always the thing it's like whatever I've dealt with in life and deal with and you know this is one major thing that I've had to deal with it's always the things like I hope it doesn't stop me from living how I want to live. Mm-hmm. If, and if it does, I need to know so I can yeah. get my head around it kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but you've got to be in the moment, haven't you? So you yeah. can't. You've got yeah, to you be have to here. be, yeah. Yeah. So your rehab, tell me about your rehabilitation from having this craniotomy and stuff. So how was it after that, the rehab for you? What did you have to go through? I think the rehab after the biopsy was when it started. So that sort of period of time, as I was saying, where um, about three to four months from me having the biopsy to when I um, needed had the operation, this was um, um, mental physiotherapy, like walking, talking mm. with, um, what do you call them, the people that are... Uh, oh, here we go. I'm not very good at word finding either. Oh, being taken to the supermarket to oh, like, okay. yeah. you know, to to to, learn, to remember how to. It's all about remembering Physio things. Physio and well, yeah. Yeah, it's like how do you go shopping? Like how to make a cup of tea? Like all of this stuff. I yeah. had to start again. Yeah, I had to relearn to make a cup of tea. Did you? That was yeah. The weirdest. I talk about that a lot in my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's literally that was the moment where I realised I had to relearn. Everything that instant, uh, just the whole thing didn't work at it's, all, uh, horrific, and so scary. scary. That was the moment. Did you, so? Did you have a moment like me where it was the most weirdest feeling, where you had to think, "Oh God, I can't even do that." Yeah, I had. Very, I remember this quite clearly. When I was in hospital, this was before rehab, mm. and they morning tasks. Mm. One of the morning tasks, they only done it once because I failed miserably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was going into this small room that was literally dedicated to this. I swear, because it was basically like make a cup of tea room, so small. <laughs> yeah, there was a kettle, a few yeah. cupboards, and like sugar. I think I was in the same sort of thing in in London, the similar thing. Yeah, it's like it's a cup of tea. Test, the yeah. test room. <laughs> yeah, and um, you failed. Yeah, you? and I then I just thought. When they asked me, um, just, yeah, can you just make your mum a cup of tea? I was like, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> but I couldn't. No, I know. I couldn't, um, I didn't know what to do first. I didn't yeah. know whether to take a tea bag, get the cup, yeah. put the kettle on. And then I was like, oh dear. And I started crying like yeah. completely. So this was a this was a big one for me. And mm. I guess that's when I kind of first realised, also like going into the shower, like going in the shower and actually like not even be able to wash yourself. Yeah. Like, like just washing your hair, like that became a really like a chore. Me too. I had exactly I had exactly the same as you. They have it to relearn everything, <sighs> and it doesn't make sense. Nothing really. No. And it's a huge effort. Everything doesn't really make sense. The order, the order yeah, of everything order. had gone. Very very difficult time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And almost. For me, it was so like, just always sort of like, I felt so alone. Yeah. Even though my family were there, mm. my very good friends were there, my partner were there, it was, everyone was there, but I felt so alone because it was just me dealing with this. Right, yeah. You know, there wasn't, I had to deal with it, like, you know, so, and mm. I was told it was the, you know, 
normally these things become easier because the swelling will be reduced. Yeah. But that's always, you still, it's an individual case, isn't it? Everyone's different. Exactly. No one really knows no. on how you're going to respond to anything, do they? It's like you just kind of hope <laughs> yeah. that you get back to where, where you and should be. And we are dealing with that then. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like we're dealing with that right now, so you have to deal with it the best you can and you know, try not to get frustrated, but it's very difficult. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's a weird one. It's just, it's bo- it's bonkers, isn't it? Having yeah. to read, like, literally, I'd never heard anyone had to relearn everything. I'd no. never heard of anyone who'd had to do that before. Both of us have had to relearn yeah, things yeah. like that. And it, how long did it take for you to start feeling a little bit back to normal? Obviously, you had this cup of tea moment, but what? where was it you felt like, you were like suddenly like think things were getting a little bit better along the way because it does take a long time. Yeah, it took several months. Several, yeah. several like it took about five, six months of inpatient private rehab. Wow, okay. Where I was um, basically, yeah, started off just being in a, like almost like secluded in a room. I wasn't allowed out. Right. That's why you felt lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like people coming in, feeding me and visiting me. Yeah. And then... Because I would walk out and walk out, I wouldn't know where I'm going. So, like, I one, I remember one thing. Went in the lift and just went down. I was just wandering around trying to find. I don't know what I was doing. I think I just wanted to get out. Yeah. There. So, they confined me to a room, and then it just went into like I was allowed to go in a communal area and commune, like, mm. and talk with everyone else. Mm. And then that got better, and my spirits became so. Mm. It's, it's um. It's a small, small steps. And then I started going to the gym, mm. started going to having sessions with people, um, going to the supermarket, as I discussed, mm. um, reading and writing sessions like classes. Mm. Um, I had like, um, yeah, vocab classes. I can't remember what else I was doing. Uh, many, many things um, that I would have. Uh, speech pathology. Mm. Yeah, speech pathology was, a, was the main bad. one that I'd have like, uh, very, very difficult that was, but... Is that the hardest uh, bit for you? Was that, again, with the all... It was, that That was the hardest challenge, speech pathology. But I felt, you know what, I felt I learned quite a bit of that in speech pathology and I've come out better. Right, okay. <laughs> like, you know, because my speech has, all, has had always been from a young age, like, you know, always needed to improve certain yeah. things. But actually I felt like I've, there was certain things more like... You know, everything's come back and there's yeah, more because yeah. of those. those. those um, so you've got to always take the good, right? Was Was there ever a moment where you thought you're not going to make this or did you just not think at that time? Or do you know when you're in all those kind of... Definitely. Like, were there moments? After my biopsy, this was the scariest time because I was, although I couldn't talk and mm. I had no memory... I do remember that time. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I hadn't. I remember the whole time, just sitting there. And the first day, the first two days, I remember it, and not being able to say hello, or thank you for coming, mm. like for all the people that came. Yeah, just breaking down, crying. I just thought to myself, "This is my life now," or what is going to happen, like to me. Did you think you might? Yeah. Yeah, I not thought make I might. It. I thought I might not make it, and I thought, "Oh, maybe this is." my time Mm. so like having those thoughts were not these were not this was not just a one-off thing this was just something that you know and every time the doctor would come through the door like i just feel like it'd be bad news right yeah so um like that was the worst stage because but after the swelling was better then 
I started becoming more positive. Yeah. But yeah, those first couple of like well weeks, first mm. three weeks to a month, were, I had those thoughts for sure. It probably was touch and go as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So tell me about how food, your food, has changed from before. Because obviously you were a um, big chef before, and how has your food has changed in this time? Yeah, I guess before I wasn't eating consciously, like for my health. Mm-hmm. I was eating like a chef would eat. Yeah. Quite like late hours. Yeah. A lot of unhealthy food, uh-huh. um, not just because of the timing, but a lot of fast food because it's quick and convenient. Mm-hmm. So after this happened to me, almost straight away, I started thinking about when the doctor would come in, the nurses would come in and try and feed me. I was thinking about what that food was doing to me. Almost mm. automatically, there was a switch that gone, no, no. I'm not eating that. Yeah. You know, so, and then I started looking into the food that I should be eating that's going to help my brain. Well, the food in hospital is terrible. Yeah. It's like the, it's really bad, really bad, which is why I guess you're thinking about food at that time, whereas I just thought it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not good. Exactly, Emma. And just thinking like, and then my parents, my friends would start bringing in food for me. Yeah, yeah. Like juices, very good for detoxing and very good for the liver when you're in that sort of, when you've mm. got cancer. So a lot of juices. So it was quite, uh, from then on, I started thinking about food in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always been, it's not been something that's been kind of like completely away from my mind, but obviously now it was very much right now. Think about what's going inside your body, John. Mm. So then starting to research mm. um, like what's good for the brain, like omega-3 fats and yeah. um, just what's not, like processed food. Mm-hmm. And it's very much evolved from then really. Yeah. yeah. You know? Wow. Okay. And and like you said, so was it cancer that you had then and you've, you've how's that all going now? Is yeah, it's, it's a low-grade low oglobig. Dryoglioma, I think it's called. <laughs> right, okay. Um, two, so cancerous, grade one is non-benign, grade two is cancerous, but low grade. So um, very, very lucky what mm. I had where I am, left frontal lobe, they could operate quite easily and remove almost all of it and with good prognosis now. Amazing. So it's very, yeah. very, all good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came from a scan this morning which basically reiterated that. So oh, brilliant. Very, yeah, really, yeah. really happy. And also <laughs> just for me it's, I feel very, very, I'm very grateful because I know many, many stories that are not so, um, yeah. not so happy. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. So, you know, this is, this is something I'm very aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so tell me about meditation, because I know you do a lot of meditation. So yeah, tell me yeah. about how, what kind of meditation you do and how that has changed changed your life, really. Yeah, I got into meditation about three years ago now. Um, okay. Transcendental meditation. Okay. It's quite... Um, what does that mean? <laughs> it means um, it's, a, it's a way of meditating where it's a, it goes back like two to 3,000 years in okay. India, they, it's um, a way of meditating where you just sit, you don't think, but you just use a mantra uh, that you get okay. given that's assigned to you and your sort of your makeup. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite it's a little bit of a, it's a three day process. You've got to go and to a teacher and you learn. Then you can go off and basically do all the time. So it is quite um, initial, a little bit of commitment, but you sit <laughs> twice a day, twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. 
and you use a mantra and all you do is sit and just try and let your thoughts come and go without any expectation and just lean lean towards the mantra when their thoughts do come. Mm, okay, um, and it's really helped you? Yeah, that from... really helped you. But, you know, it's a practice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it is you don't have any expectations mm. of what that is because every day you go into it, it's always different. Yeah. Your mind, your body, everything, every yeah. day is always different. And it's something that in the past, I think when I've done it, I'm like, oh, why can't I transcend, you know, transcend <laughs> to like pure consciousness? That's like the the idea is like the main thing is you will, not the idea is the wrong word, but the um, what can happen uh-huh. is you transcend to like pure consciousness where you are the pure being of yourself. Oh, right. Okay. But every time you practice, yeah, it's always good anyway. No, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Does it make you feel out. good when you do it? Does it make you feel like your brain is a bit more calm and a bit more? Mm. It makes centered. me um, exactly. It makes me more calm to handle anything that life throws yeah. at me. And um, you know, I run a business. I've got yeah. I've got a, a got team that, that uh, um, I've got to be there for. So mm. it. I'm able to deal with them in a right in a way that I want to be able to deal with them rather than losing getting stressed out with yeah. them and Yeah, yeah. So um it's very, very important that um I started this, you know, because it has made me a lot calmer uh-huh. and be myself. And yeah. I think that's what it's about, right? Being ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's great. So well, what does the future hold for you? So tell me about, so you're back in Leon C. Yeah. Is that what's happened? So you came back home. I came back. Australia. And um, to open something like, and have, I guess, a support network around me where I could do something. I knew what I wanted to do. So the restaurant in Leon C is called Food, which I opened, basically got back eight months uh-huh. after getting back. I opened Food by John Lawson. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and you're back at work doing stuff yeah, already. Yeah, back in there, back at work. How long ago was this? How, did, how long ago did this all happen? Four years ago was my operation. Four years ago. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So it's only yeah. four years and you're back at work and got your new new yeah. restaurant and stuff like that. It's pretty yeah. incredible. It You've is, done so well. Is. It is challenging. Yeah. But I guess it's something that I wanted to sort of create, you know, have that restaurant that was part of my life. It is now all the legacy of my illness, really. Right. You know, yeah. it's what it's what I live by. It's healthy food. It's local. It's There's no menu. It's what we can get lo- um, from sort of as near as possible. Uh-huh. You know, no gluten, no sugar. Okay, uh-huh. And um, we're evolving all the time with it, you know. I've now got a head chef in there. He's bringing his ideas in. Okay, uh-huh. So um, it's not about, I guess before for me, like living in Australia, this is the, why I made the change was it was all about like, I don't know what it was about. I was chasing something that I didn't really know myself. Right. I wasn't being myself. And now I know more about myself and what I really want. Mm. And I know it's not about money. It's mm. about being sort of congruent and having, you know, what I've gone through has almost made me realise what I am and who I am and what I want. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite um, it's quite powerful. So like this restaurant is really, it's not about making money. It's about spreading a word. Yeah. And and edu- educating people and creating an environment where, you know, people will learn. Yeah. You know, is it going well? Is it going it's well? Going, yeah, it's going very well. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it's going very well. 
Is it vegan then, or is it how is? No, it's not. It's not. It's um. It's a. It's a menu that's based on wild meat, wild fish locally. So oh, only wild meat okay. or yeah. organic meat from small farms. It's very specific. Okay. It's very uh-huh. small. Twenty six seats. Yeah. Only organic biodynamic wines, and we we source just from a couple of farms nearby, like uh-huh. vegetables, fruit. We've got wild boar at the moment, venison. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And then yeah. the fish comes from the estuary, which is just, we're on the sea. Like, it's just, we've got a fisherman that goes out and gets whatever. See, right by the sea yeah. as well. How nice. Is it? Is it just a really peaceful place to be there? And... It's not that peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> it's very busy, actually. It's really, it's a great little town to have a business. Very beautiful little town, very yeah. busy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely little seaside town. It's becoming a very popular place to live okay yeah half an hour 40 40 minutes to london so oh, a good right. commuter town yeah. yeah okay maybe we'll do that <laughs> yeah, you have to come down <laughs> yeah so um what would you say would be the best bit of advice you could give to someone who's going through a life-changing situation well i think everything's inside us really the answer's actually inside us a lot of time so for me it was about listening and being able to have sort of clarity to listen. Mm-hmm. So like when we're talking about meditation and just time out, but listening and not being um, fearful of making a decision that might upset other people. Think about yourself. So that would be the advice because, you know, life is short and it is only one, we've only got one chance. Yeah. You know, like when you go through something like this, like you have as well, Emma, mm. it makes scary. you realise, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like... That's I had a big epiphany and I basically realised that what I wanted in life. Yeah, you know, totally changed from that time in the Crown Casino. Yeah, <laughs> being you know going on Master Chef, being choppered around everywhere. They were were you on Master Chef in Australia? Were yeah. you? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, cool. Was that weird? Very weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm very kind of like. Low, low key. Yeah, and then they make you go on that, and you're like, yeah. oh, "What am I doing?" <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was. I enjoyed good it. Good for your profile, though, yeah, wasn't it? Was good it? For yeah. The profile. How did you get on? Um, I did a guest challenge where you faced the um, guest chef, which that was me, and then you faced uh-huh. the competitors, so they've got to beat you. I won. So it's like one-on-one, and it's like, oh, cool. I won, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Brilliant. it was a very nice It was very nice thing. It, it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it was good. It's just a good experience to be on there, you know. Yeah. I really I enjoyed it. I was very, very nervous, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, great. That's good, though. Um, so what would you say that, what should I learn from you as me, who's got a fellow brain injury survivor? Mm, I don't know, Emma. What should you learn from me? Um, Probably the meditation, transcendental meditation. Yeah, it seems like, <laughs> seems like you're doing what you want to be doing already, you know? Yeah. I just feel like we've just got to be who we want to be. And I think when you go, it's a shame we have to go through these things sometimes. Mm. You know, that's what I was like. It was like, it's a shame I had to go through this to understand actually what I am and what I wanted. But I'm a believer in that the universe has got it all mapped out for us. Yeah, me too. There's something at yeah. the end. That... All we have to do is actually listen, but take time to listen and be quiet to listen. So meditation helps with that, and I do yoga as well, which yeah. really helps me with that, which brings me back. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so maybe good. that, I don't know. Yeah. You know, because we need that all through our life. That's just now what I'm... Um, what, well, then I went through, but now I'm still ne- needing that sort of silence to understand, you know, what's next? What next? You know, you asked me what's next. No, I know. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just kind of what happens next. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I think I think it is key to sort of let it happen because I did a lot of forcing beforehand and pushing and pushing and wanted yeah. to be someone. I wanted to do someone. But I think it's important to slow down and listen. Would you say you now live for the moment? Yeah, I am definitely practicing that more and more. Yeah. Living for the moment. It's one of these things that you, every morning I have a routine mm-hmm. where I do my yoga, I do my meditation. And that helps with that. Yeah. Living for the moment. It's a it's an ongoing practice, but yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, because we're constantly thinking about, oh, what what if that happens? What if that, yeah. Yeah, what should I do? So living for the moment is very, very important. I and it is a, pr- a daily practice. Yeah, that's what I've changed. I feel like you're just living here now, being here and lucky to be alive, basically. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just yeah. like you have a life-changing situation like this and you think, all right, what's this all about? Okay, you just got to get on with it, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> and having the people around you yeah, and the things around you that you love. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's important because it makes you appreciate every moment then. Yeah. So you said you had a scan. How are you how are you feeling now in yourself and things? How are you feeling? I feel like I mean, four years now. It's basically what we're in now, October, November. Yeah, my operation was October two thousand and fifteen. So it is pretty much four years. And it's been a since that it's been a journey of many, many different like ways of eating, ways of thinking, how I should be, uh-huh. uh, lots of reading, devout, loads of books. And now I feel like I'm in a very, very good place as far as physically and mentally getting strong. And I think mentally is the key mm-hmm. because, um, you know, having a strong mind in situations is like something I'm really, I'm realising which is a, is a valuable uh, tool. Yeah. But I feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel great. I'm doing Ashtanga yoga. Have you, have oh, you heard yeah, of that? Oh, yeah, no, I love Ashtanga. I do yeah. that. <laughs> it's quite a full-on practice, though. Very, very physical. But I always did, I always did that. That was what I always did. Right, okay. So, Are you doing it now? Yeah, I'm back at doing oh, wow, that now. It took me ages to have to relearn everything, and I had to, my yoga, it was one of the best things for me, was getting my yoga back to practice, and yeah, I'm back it would and going be. to the main classes Hence again Hence why now. you're looking great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you get that. I'm still not back at work, though. I think that's the thing. It's just like, right. Not that that's Fine, really though. important, but it's like in your head, you sort of feel like you'd like to be back, but yeah. I'm still not there yet. No. So, But doing these are podcasts, so these are kind of uh, doing my own work. Yeah, absolutely. Working for yourself. <laughs> Which is good. And so you, um, I've got um, here, so you met the Sultan of Brunei. The Sultan of Oman. Oh, I never actually wrong. met him. I did some work for him. <laughs> yeah, I where was that? Was that in to... Oman then, or was it? Uh, it was here in Oxfordshire. Oh, right. I did some work with um, a couple of friends. We set up a cookery school. Oh right. Yeah, okay. it was quite. Um, it was quite a big thing. It was like six weeks, six weeks, four weeks, basically intense work setting up a cookery school for his students oh, cool. in his palace. Yeah. Like incredible. Like just, but. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was nice. Very enjoyable. Yeah, very enjoyable. Some like yeah, just 
that was a stint when I was doing like little private chef chefing work for like interesting people. Oh, cool! Yeah. yeah. Were there any career highlights that you'd say in your life that you thought, oh, "My God, what was this all about"? I also did some cooking for the Beckhams. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Christmas time, which was really incredible experience yeah. in their house. I bet they're really nice, weren't they? Yeah, very yeah. lovely. Um, wonderful experience. Um, but yeah, no, my career highlights, just all of the, the experiences I've had so and well. travelling. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and you've done so well and you've come back to doing the Leon C and I think that's it. And I, I think we were talking offline before about um, mm. just how you sort of handle things and deal with things yeah. like, that you come up against in life. And I think that's always been a thing with me. It's not what you go through it's mm. how you handle it and how you deal with that situation yeah yeah um and yeah. that's always sort of sits with me yeah yeah thanks so every week i do um something that basically gripes and quotes so things that are really annoying me at the moment <laughs> but yeah so sometimes uh, I find things that are really hard so I remember when I was in hospital oh, I do remember bits in the ho- in hospital yeah. but I remember I was actually called Dory who's out of Finding Nemo you, <laughs> do you know Dory? Dor- Dor- Dory? Dory I think yeah, it is yeah, I know. Um, the fish that goes round in circles and then forgets where yes, they forgets. put things yeah that's what I was called in oh, hospital that's not very nice not was nice it? at all I know but I was just like okay that's we'll kind of me we'll find out who it was <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> but um, yeah basically my, my memory is terrible and, and it's the kind of attention it's attention it's the part of the brain that you're losing attention because mm. it's a different part of your brain which isn't really that's right isn't really working which is uh quite strange so yeah i mean was there anything attention is that something that you've had to deal with as well is there like losing track of what's going on or or mm. is that something that what what's what the can, side effects what i've yeah had? yeah and i think have you had anything that the things the thing for me is um is a memory thing also yeah but it's um different it's not um long term men- memory as such it's short term memory of jobs you know like small jobs right like um oh no just go and um like i've got to put the um i've got to post that letter yeah or i've got to just like on my way yeah. Like easy. Normally, just like I'm keeping my hand free. Like those things, I just forget. Yeah. Like the yeah. most simplest. Posting the letter. Yeah, those yeah. kind of things, or just sometimes how to do things, like yeah. the um, the ability to like problem solve. Yeah. This is an area that I got affected. Yeah. I um, think we've had exactly the same thing actually, because I literally my my memory. I always forget to take out my cup of tea. Like, and I I've made a tea, but then I've made another one over there. Yeah. And I'm like. Uh, I just kind of. That's right. It's <laughs> exactly what happens to so me. Weird. I do things, and um, or I don't do things. Like I'll, I'll like, um, like the remembering of stuff. Like mm. I bought something. Say I bought. Um, and then you buy a second one I that's exactly again. the same. It's like, oh, I've I got do that. that all the time. Yeah, it's and that so is weird. quite a significant change, actually. But, small, but yeah. it's you know, a small in hindsight. But also, but it's not important. None of these things no. are important, but they they annoying. annoy you. <laughs> so annoying. Do you know what I mean? It's like oh Can be my costly. god. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's not that bad. But it 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 could have been. Yeah. It, it, like that's part of the brain. I think it's just part of our brain that's yeah. just not quite working you know, in 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 those bits. Yeah. You know what I do at home now? So like I find now it's a visual thing. Oh. So like in my kitchen, I have to have everything out. 
Otherwise, okay. I won't remember it's in there. Yeah. So okay. they're the things. Like if I can't see it, yeah, I don't have it. It's one of those things. I know. So, like, I have, you know, you have to have things in drawers or in cupboards. Yeah. So sometimes, like, I'm good. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it's somewhere, and then I'm looking and I don't have it. Yeah. So it's just so annoying. I know. It's just <laughs> so, and it annoys us. Us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just, but no one else would know. No. That you're not doing it, and it's nothing that's important. It's like I never, I always, like I don't ever leave. You know, my keys. There's nothing I don't. Nothing that's really no, no, important. No, 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 no. It's just that yeah, little part same, of the same. brain, and it's like not kind of quite working as yeah. much as it should do. Yeah. So that's a long term. That's kind of that's been quite. A, it's quite a long time. Obviously, mine's five and a half years, but yours it's been is four years. Yeah, four basically. years. Basically, I haven't. I've only really. There's not any other things that you've had and had to deal with. Like I guess that's that. the same. Like short term memory, isn't it? Yeah. That's all that is. Problem yeah. solving. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm terrible. I couldn't go on the Krypton factor now. No. <laughs> no way. No. <laughs> not and doing I haven't, that. I've, I've never like. I've always. I guess I haven't always been the brightest spark. But oh. like, But like, um, just things that I could do before. Yeah. Now I have to really take my time. Yeah, it is time you have yeah. got to. And I've slowed yeah. down a lot. My life has slowed down a lot because things take me a lot longer to do. Mm. And if loads of people are talking to me and there's lots yeah. going on, then I can't deal with that. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. And I yeah. have to make sure people have to hang on. One second, I'm just talking to you. Yeah. So I have to do that. and I'm exactly the same. We are quite similar in what our brain yeah. injuries, even though you've had some different tumour and I've got a brain injury. Same that, effects. Yeah, similar, the effects, effects from it. Yeah. It's just part of the brain that... It's fascinating though, isn't it? It is. It is fascinating. But also, yeah, fascinating to like, yeah. okay, how can I... What can I do to make this make better? Make it better. Me too. That's what yeah. I'm trying to figure out, that as well. Because how do we make these bits of these brain to get better yeah is so, there something so I, is maybe we can, can look eat? into that yeah maybe is there something we, should... we can eat or something you are looking always natural remedies yeah yeah um and there are things like you can eat i was going to talk to you about like memory got to cola okay. have you heard of it well do, we'll talk about that after the podcast Very good we'll go through is that someone said it about mushroom there's some mushrooms that mushrooms i should have gone into is, yeah supposedly a good. type of a mushroom it was some uh, they are good for memory, mushrooms, uh, yeah. is it? Okay. I, I do like mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> not good. the magic stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be very good for me at the moment. <laughs> Who knows? It might be the solution. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so I usually finish the podcast with a quote. And this week it's from Virginia Woolf. And I can't actually read this because my eyesight's pretty bad and I can't, it's too big for me. So you might have to read this one for me. Yeah. Um, what's it about? Tell me. So the Quote, uh, Virginia Woolf's once said, one cannot think well, love well, sleep well, if one has not dined well. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) I know. That's very nice. I just thought it would be good for you for, you know, in the food and all those kind of things. It's a lovely (laughs) quote, isn't it? So do you you have any mantras? Many, I guess. I guess I'm going through all this now where I sort of wake up in the morning and have sort of things in my little flat, which reminds me of being um, humble. Yeah. And um, just like um, always think the best of things. Yeah, being on the bright side of life, yeah. basically. That's and, kind um, of the best 
way yeah, you've got ex- to be in life, really. Yeah. Rather than going into the negative, but being in the positive, which is yeah. Which is better. And um, mm. be kind and love others. They're the things that I kind of go by. And I think if you do that, everything will just sort of flow, you know. Yeah. So. Um, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, like daily things I just sort of look at just to remind me. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, John. Thanks for coming along to You're the welcome. Longest Battle. I really appreciate that. And great to hear your story. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> so much for listening to Emma's podcast. She's been through a hell of a lot over the past few years and listening to this makes all of her friends realise just what an inspiration she is. The Silver Lining Charity has helped Emma immeasurably, enabling her to meet lots of other people with brain injuries. The charity is currently raising money for a goodwill silver lining mission to India, just one project that will help those affected by brain injury to get involved in exciting and purposeful activities in the community. Activities that go a long way to invigorate, motivate and rehabilitate. The charity also helps family members and friends who are often overlooked. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to donate to the Silver Lining Brain Injury, now's your chance. Visit www.thesilverlining.org. Dot .uk Thank you